Welcome to Music Journeys, I'm Mike Foley. Out of Florida, the Hales come to Columbus for a show Saturday, February 24th at the basement. The young band found some magic with this first full-length release, What's Your Motive? And an expanded edition features some of the earlier songs the Hales have crafted. Here on Music Journeys, lead singer Robbie Kingsley and guitarist Dylan McHugh explain how the band formed in Gainesville at the University of Florida, my alma mater, and... They also share the inspiration behind some of the songs on What's Your Motive, including one saved by Robbie's girlfriend. Robbie and Dylan from The Hales are guests on this edition of Music Journeys. Thanks for listening. Hey, this is Robbie from The Hales. This is Dylan. And this is our music journey. If I saw you in the morning Then I'd walk around the dark side of a friendly conversation on the moon But I don't want you in the morning Take a piece of what you came for And be careful on the door out on the way Well, I would have to say It's evident that this Breathless may be track two on the What's Your Motive release from the Hales, but it's number one for fans on this first headlining tour, according to singer Robbie Kingsley and guitarist Dylan McHugh. We just had a really, really rowdy show in Austin. It was sold out, but it was this really small room. They were just fired up the entire time, and I sort of went on this rant about how Texas people are hot and sexy, and they obviously loved it, and then... I was looking down at the set list in my head. I'm like, oh, the next song's Breathless. And I look at Dylan and I say, oh, I guess you could say that Texas leaves me breathless. And they all just erupted. And and then we went into the song and they knew all the words from the get-go, which, you know, that, that, that song has like a ton of words to start off. So I was pretty blown away by that. My freshman year at University of Florida, I met our drummer, Zach, and we played in a few different bands around campus, uh, but no one ever really took it as serious as we did. Later on in our tenure at UF, Dylan Franco uh, joined us and started. we all started jamming. And Zach had known Franco from a previous band in South Florida and knew Dylan from a Miami music camp back in the day. So they all had their South Florida roots and I'm from Tampa. So I was the odd man out. But yeah, UF was really kind of what brought us all together as the five of us that we are today. We wrote a couple songs pretty fast and then started learning a lot of covers and played, played at the high dive all the time. 
pretty much every single month. We basically had our own little residency at the high dive, I guess. Just played a lot of weird fraternity and sorority gigs and, you know, did all that until we were confident enough to start releasing our own music. Sipping on the daylight, slipping on a wild ride, oh, my love will do fine, I know. first two records we consider EPs. They feel like projects, but really we consider them to be EPs. And then this, What's Your Motive, is our first full-length record. I'm feeling great, I'm not gonna lie. But then you say, I'm running late. Don't talk about me like you know, that's all I hate. Well, I don't wanna beat you to the punchline. I don't wanna save you from a nosedive. How do you see, hear, feel the evolution of this band from even when you just started cranking out stuff and initially playing maybe that first song, that first jam to what you've done now with What's Your Motive? Uh, well, I think we started as a band that really only knew how to write songs in the same room together. And from that, me, Dylan and Franco have really tried to hone our songwriting skills on our own through our own life choices and also just through the random life occurrences that happen, including, you know, even COVID forced us to separate for a bit. So I think we became, you know, better songwriters in our own right. And this record is really kind of our first output that shows everyone kind of doing something different, but being able to conjoin it all into one fluid production. We all left Gainesville in what 2019, and and really since then, we've all we haven't all been in the same city, uh, really up until this point. So I, that situation sort of forced, like Robbie said, each of us individually to tap a bit more into ourselves as songwriters, like develop the craft a little bit more individually, get a, a little bit more comfortable producing demos on our own, and then have everybody contribute what they want to contribute. So as as for the future, I think it's interesting. Because we do in the in the near future want to um, start writing together again in the same room like we like we started. 
So I think it'd be interesting to see, you know, how each of us are now better songwriters individually and how that will impact like the collaborative songwriting process again. I want to follow up on that. So uh, this thing that we're going to get to, this great uh, album, What's Your Motive? Was this recorded in separation at all or were you all together doing this? Um, I'd say a little bit of it was. There was definitely a time where I think a lot of the creation of the album was between me and Dylan uh, getting together. We had built our own studio in Miami starting in late 2021 and then all the way through 2022. I was living in South Florida, so it was one of the few times where Dylan and I really got to kind of see what our you know duo songwriting collaboration could could accomplish and a lot of ideas that became sort of the cornerstones of the album. I think like Caligula in moments. You're the reason the stars are Early morning sessions. We all, you know, we all have these stupid jobs that we work in the meantime, and you know, we're always trying to fill in the hours with uh, whatever studio time we can get. And so we had built this studio. We utilized it for about two years, and pretty much did the bulk of the recording at this place. And then some other stuff had also been lingering for a while too. So like Breathless had been a song yeah. that we had played since 2019, since our college days. So yeah, it was it was not only a record of a separation of location, but also separation of time because there was so much that we were working through and we didn't really know how to land on our first record. And then once we sort of committed to that idea of let's let's do a proper album, we we were able to make those sessions, you know, worth it. Yeah, there's never really a period of like or a, a moment where we all came together and decided to write songs for an album like it was never like okay we're going to come together and make an album now it was we have all these songs already and i think a lot of these could work together pretty well on a project so we kind of put it together almost retroactively but yeah it was very spread out it was very all over the place the process of it and over a long period of time as a whole how would you sort of characterize what this album represents kind of where it comes from what it's all about uh for me it was sort of trying to break out of the waves of complacency because in our band life and in my own life, it felt like a lot was stagnant at the time. This album was sort of that 
first big push into a new phase of post college life. Yeah, so I th I think a lot a lot of the songs sort of look internally, trying to figure out where I am in life and evaluating what's necessary and figuring out how to sort of expel the the excess out of my life and. Honestly, now that we've dropped the deluxe, the one that meant the most to me through all of our recording process was Swat the Sun. That's sort of the song that I think lyrically, and then also it was it was the one song that I had written in full. So I I feel particularly, you know, proud of that. If I had to pick one, it would probably be "Time Never Sat So Still." I would say mainly because I th I just think musically it's one of the more interesting things we've done. We'd never been more familiar. Time never sat so still. We'd never been more familiar. Time never sat so still. We'd never been more familiar. Time never sat so still. We'd never been more familiar. Time never sat so still. We'd never been more familiar. Time never sat so still.
all sort of grew a lot as songwriters on our own and producers. I feel like that song was um, one of the biggest like step forwards for me as a producer and songwriter. Sonically, I ex explored a lot of stuff that I hadn't before. And also like, I'm not really much, you know, I wouldn't call myself a lyricist. I occasionally do write lyrics that I like, but that was a song where the lyrics, I think, flow the easiest. Yeah, I don't know, musically and lyrically, it just felt, they all feel right, but that just felt the most right. Uh, they all do feel right and, and in order, you know, there's a great flow. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on the opening track, just uh, really sets the tone and there's at least a handful of different songs going on in there that I hear. <laughs> what, what can you tell me about Caligula? Yeah, that was a fun one. That was initially Dylan's idea and that one, just the melody really struck me. existed as like a really a really stripped down incomplete demo on my computer for for like I want to say like at least a year and then like I was on I remember I was on a flight and I pulled up Caligula and I was like huh forgot about this one and I was like I think Robbie would like this one a lot and he did yeah I definitely hear like the the multiple songs thing yeah, it, yeah it has a lot of new wave sounds and it's sort of like I've always thought of it as like Queens of the Stone Age meets ABBA it's a trip of a song <laughs> It definitely is. Um, how about uh, when you were bored? How, how did that one come together? Uh, that was another idea that was started by Dylan and then sent to me. And I also gravitated the, towards that really fast. Probably one of the newer songs written pretty late in the process. The one thing that was really challenging was that Dylan has a much lower voice than I do. Yeah. And so it was written in a different key. And for some reason, when we would try to transpose it, it sounded really weird in the key that I wanted to sing it in. And so we fought constantly of like trying to figure out the key. And then we we were in a session trying to re record it with Franco present and we were all kind of putting our own touches on it. And the, the big production felt good, but I was still singing in this key where I, I had this really high pitched, like little boy tone to my voice. 
uh, we actually played it for my girlfriend and she, she blasted it. She was like, this is terrible. Like, what are you guys thinking? And we had just come back from this dinner, like, oh, you got to hear this song. Like, we're excited about. We had spent like twelve hours working on it, and then she was just like, "What the heck is this?" And me and Franco had that moment where we looked at each other and we were like, "Oh my God, she's right." Kind of record that song twice but i think we went through at least like three different keys yeah it was or, it was like a crazy process just trying to figure out the key i remember sitting with robbie on my acoustic guitar just going through all the different possible keys yeah move it up one fret and move it, move it down two frets and he was just it was just it was tough to find the sweet spot well it's a good thing you had your girlfriend's ears on that one because it did turn out yeah, well no, she was the best filter <laughs> yeah lcd what can you tell me about that one that came at a time where i was really heavily participating in like the Miami because I live in Miami the Miami nightlife scene so I've always had this I don't know I've always been really interested in house music and dance music and like making house music more uh, I don't know about more musical but more like uh, cerebral and melodic and I like playing with moods and like dance beats and I don't know I was messing around with like a couple toys that I have in my studio and I came up with that loop that starts off the song feel emotional um and it's very heavily influenced i think by lcd sound system that's our coming of age track it's you know the lyrics are very high school uh you know kid sneaks out sort of vibe yeah but he had everything from the get-go and i i you know so we saw a full song like from the start and for me it has this um we were all kids you know sort of around late 2000s early 2010s and so it, it sort of gives me that emotionally this concept of like finding your inner child maybe that innocence i guess and trying to like weigh the innocence against growing up and maturing and getting older
I think our tastes have always aligned where we're we're always searching for that blend between something popular and something experimental. Our music palettes are just so wide. I don't know. It's more so than than most bands. We disagree on types of music that we like. There's like Robbie said, there's a lot of overlap. You know, without that, we wouldn't be able to make music together. But I, yeah, I think more so than most bands, like we'll kind of butt heads on like what we like and it's never like we're we're all completely in sync in terms of like what we want to listen to together. Yeah, I think I think our ethos has always been like the more we pull away, the the higher we grow. Yeah. So that to me is an interesting concept of I've always sort of likened it to, you know, when you pull at opposite ends of like a parachute you know, it, it, it raises off the ground. So mm-hmm. sort of our, the way, you know, the, every time we tug in our own direction, we sort of actually, you know, help, help the band grow yeah. as a unit. Gainesville music scene. How would you describe that for somebody that hasn't been there or hasn't been there in a while? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it's funny cause now we feel kind of out of it. You know, we've been, we've yeah. been out for a couple of years. Um, but wh- while we were there, it's, phenomenal i'm sure it's still phenomenal um i love going back to gainesville gainesville i lived there for a long time in my life i did school there and then i stayed after i graduated and worked at a venue and um yeah i just i i learned so much there about who i was and how i wanted to to, you know to make music and it truly feels like the most complete city in Florida of where you can find music just because there's so many venues and so many different types of bands. Um, we played with a band back in the day called Flip Turn and they're doing really well right now. They're some of our best friends ever. Uh, we used to all live together. Gainesville always sort of has this this energy and this synergy going on between all the people there and yeah, it really it really just feels like the epicenter of even just the Florida music scene. My only criticism, here we go. Yeah. Gainesville, right? Okay, we love it. In the uh in the song Stay, you you went with Carolina on the mind. Did anybody fight for Gainesville in that uh in that compromise? Did it get uh, shut out? What what happened there? Cuz that would be great um, right there. Unfortunately, uh Gainesville's only two syllables and Carolina's <laughs> It's also just a more musical sounding word. Yeah. Carolina than Gainesville is, unfortunately. Carolina holds my soul. Carolina's all I I'd love to stay. Love. It wouldn't have fit, but uh, the, the Carolina is because I was born in Raleigh, North Carolina. And I moved to Florida when I was 11. So that is, you know, that's the that's the song for me where I'm sort of laying my laying my heart out for, you know, the times when I was a very young kid. So but yeah, Carolina's not it. Carolina's definitely not a random reference. I, yeah. I actually lived in and from there. Okay, okay. That that makes me feel better then. Okay, that's good. See <laughs>
I mean, I, I really just hope we get to meet a lot of people at our shows and sort of connect because these are these are really fun, small, intimate shows. And this is our first true headline run. And it feels good to be actually out on the road because we've kind of put it off for a bit. You know, this is our first true stab at at tour life. So we can't wait to to see everyone. We'll usually take a couple minutes after the show and stand by our merch booth. And I've just had a lot of really great short conversations with people, mainly people who, you know, have either been playing guitar for a little bit or are just now learning guitar and, you know, say things like they're, you know, they're inspired to get better after watching us, which really like blows me away when I, when I start, you know, it's, it's easy to hear that in the heat of the moment and go, oh, you know, great. Thank you. That's awesome. Great. But like when you stop to think about it, it's really like an amazing thing. More shows and more music in the future. Yeah, well, well, yeah, we're definitely like right after tour, we're going to we're going to start writing and recording. So that'll be exciting. Well, give us a little preview. Where do you want to take the sound on this next go around? I think we still need to figure that out. Yeah, I mean, I think we're really open to whatever kind of pops in our heads. I don't I don't think it'll be, you know, too far off from what's your motive. But, you know, certainly still in that still in that Hales vein. Robbie uh, and Dylan, uh, thank you so much for your time. Safe travels on the tour and uh, really love the sound of this record. And, uh, you know, thanks for enriching our lives with your music. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. It means a lot. Yeah, thank you so much. We're excited to get to Columbus, too. It was great. Yeah. All hail Florida hail. And a reminder that the hail's perform in Columbus Saturday, February 24th at the basement. And a side note, in the time between our chat with Robbie and Dylan and the launch of this episode of Music Journeys, the band had some gear stolen at one of the tour stops. And wouldn't you know it, they started a GoFundMe page just to recoup the costs of the lost gear. And some 350 donations in about four hours came through. Thanks to all those fans, and thank you for listening. I'm Mike Foley. Talk to you again on the next music journey. When you hear podcast, you may think, I'm not great with technology. I don't want to have one more thing to worry about. But I'm here to tell you, you're missing out on so many amazing stories. And WCBE has made it easier than ever to listen to their own curated list of locally produced podcasts. Just go to WCBE.org and click the podcast experience. You don't have to learn how to use any new technology. Just click on the podcast you want to hear and click play. And don't forget to listen to my show, The Internet Says It's True with Michael Kent.